This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Welcome this morning and let's go first of all to our declaration and then we get into the word of God. One to go. As I say to listen to the word of God today, a door of utterance has been opened unto me and I hear the voice of God clearly speaking to me. This is the way to go, walk ye in it. I listen under the influence of the spirit of God. I am not distracted by anything or anyone. The word of God is full to my spirit. I am strengthened by it this morning. It is wine to my heart, creating joy within me. It is oil to my face, causing my life to shine, giving me victory in everything that I do. As my eyes make contact with the scriptures used in this message, the Spirit of God opens new things to me. He also brings to my remembrance things Jesus once showed me. I come to understand God's system on the earth. I receive instruction, encouragement, correction, and the enablement to live out God's will. Amen. All right, this morning I want to look at um, the theme for this year, which is our year of His visitation. Uh, but I want to look at it from uh, the principle of working uh, the supernatural. Uh, yesterday in Abuja, we started our world conferences, which we'll be holding around. And we spoke on this subject of working the supernatural. It is called uh, the supernatural, which means there is an element of it being natural, but a supernatural. And the supernatural means you are bringing the spiritual to bear upon the natural so it becomes supernatural. In other words, there is a massive enhancement of that which you are doing naturally because you have placed the spiritual or injected the spiritual into it. So a man who goes about his daily duties injecting the spiritual into that which he is doing that is natural causes it to become supernatural. So supernatural things are not weird. They are not uh, right behaviors that are out of this world, so to speak. It is that that's why God had to tell the nation of Israel to go towards the Red Sea, march towards it, the way every regular person will march towards, all right, the Red Sea there. But then Moses lifted up his rod over it, and what we had was the Red Sea parted. That lifting up of the rod over, that he stretched out his hand over the sea, was the spiritual element that was invisible, but it was injected into the natural things that were doing that created what we call the supernatural. That's why the Egyptians attempting to do it because they looked at it and it appeared natural, right? They just walked through the Red Sea. They also attempted to do it without that injection of the spiritual and they were all drowned. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Mark, I believe it's the last verse in the book of Mark, the Bible says God was walking with the disciples 
all right, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them and confirming the word with signs following. Now, keep it there, all right? That word them there, you can see it's in italics. That's why it's in bracket. And when something is in italics or in bracket that way, what they're saying is you can take it out. It was added by the translators. Now, this gives the impression that God was walking with the apostles with signs and wonders because it says God was walking with them. But it's in italics, so we can remove that. You will see that it's a principle that was at work, not individuals. So let's read it without the them. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with and confirming the word with signs following. So he walked with the word and confirmed, all right, the word. So it's the spoken word, all right, that was there that God walked with. Wherever the word is being spoken, God will work with the word and confirm the word with signs following. So we're talking about working the supernatural. So it's people every day in their natural activities injecting the spiritual upon that. That's why when Peter toiled all night and caught nothing natural, when he was going to experience the supernatural in his duty, he still had to carry out the natural activities. What Jesus did was to inject the word. So he said, we have toiled all night. Hear what Peter said. We have toiled all night and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, because God walks with the word. It was the injection of the word into it. He said, I will let down the net. I will do the same thing I did the last time. But now the spiritual, which is the spoken word, is in it. And so we are going to have supernatural results. All right. So we're going to get into it. So it's about working the supernatural. Uh, the scripture calls it the workings of miracles. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, it says the working of miracles. To another, the working of miracles. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 5, it talks about he therefore that ministered to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you. So someone among them was working miracles there. It says, how is it doing it? By the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. So miracles can be worked. Supernatural things can be worked out. You can work out. The same way it says, work out your salvation. All right, for God works on the inside. So you work it out. So if you're going to have miracles, you worked out the miracles. I like something uh, Dr. Robert said. He reduced miracles, so to speak, to almost an exact science. He said, I know how every miracle came into my life. They are traceable. And he says, I can reproduce these miracles. He said, small ones, medium size, and large miracles. For God taught me how the realm of the supernatural works. So the supernatural is worked out. It is consciously produced by understanding the laws of the spirit that govern it and putting those laws into operation. 
and one start looking and examining this here. Mark chapter 6, to show you this, it's an understanding of laws there. It's an understanding. It's the wisdom of God that is at work in a person. Mark chapter 6 and verse 2 speaks about Jesus. Now, the Bible says, when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. All right? Saying, from whence had this man these things? So he was teaching things. They were astonished at what they were hearing. And what wisdom is this, which is given unto him that such mighty works are wrought by his hands? So he was doing things with hands, mighty works were being wrought. And Jesus was teaching those things. He was explaining the wisdom to them. And they said the mighty works are traceable to the wisdom that he's operating with. He says, what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works? So he was teaching them. They were astonished. Where do you learn these things from? All right, this wisdom you are teaching is clear that it is the source there, so to speak, of the mighty works that is being done with your hands. Second Samuel chapter 22 and verse 35 tells us about this. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel can be broken by my hand. So he teaches his hand. The same way God wants to teach you in those things you're applying your hands to so that you are working miracles. Now, this here, all right, humanly speaking, this thing can be broken, all right, because with the human hands here. But God can teach you on how to hold on to this particular thing here. That's what he's saying. And you are breaking and people who are marveling there, isn't this natural hands that you are doing? Isn't this the same space we are all in? Isn't this the same thing that we are all doing? But wisdom has entered into your heart. You have been taught by God there. And so these supernatural things are happening. So it's the wisdom of God that is in operation. And so when we speak about our year of visitation, this boils down to the theme scripture that we're using, which is Isaiah 64 and verse 1. And I want us to understand it. Isaiah 64 and verse 1. It says, Oh, that thou will rend the heavens, and you will come down, that the mountains might flow at thy presence. And then he goes on and says, as where the melting pot, or when the melting pot burneth. So you can remove that when, you can see that. As the melting pot fire burneth, the fire causeth the waters to boil. To make thy name known to their adversaries, the nations may tremble at thy presence. Now, when you did terrible things, that's wondrous things, which we looked not for. Thou came down, and the mountains flowed at thy presence. Now the next verse says, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, 
what you have prepared for him that waits on you. Now it says, for him that waits on you. Now that's huge. All right, but it says, besides thee. So when God brings the visitation, what he does is, what no man's eye has seen, what no man's ear heard, neither has the heart of any man received or entered into their hearts. That, those ideas have never come into the minds of people. The things that God has prepared. So what he has prepared are not events. What he has really prepared, that is the visitation, is that he wants to pour out his wisdom into us that no man's eyes has ever seen the wisdom. No man's ears on this earth has ever heard this wisdom. All right? It has never entered into the heart of any man. And through this wisdom, mighty works will be done with our hands. Right? You will produce mighty things will be done with your hands. Whatever you are doing naturally uh, with the application of this wisdom. So the visitation is not external things first. It's the pouring in of the wisdom of God. How do we know this? Because Paul quoted this same scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 6. And you see his wisdom was talking about. He said, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak, it says, the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And then he goes on and says, but as it is written, I have not seen, that's that wisdom, air has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared is this wisdom for them that love him, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So God is revealing, that's the visitation, unusual wisdom. And when seasons and times change, is because a new type of wisdom has been introduced into humanity that has changed the seasons and has changed the times. In other words, things have entered into the hearts of men that were never in existence before. So when they, for example, let me give a simple example. The internet came into the hearts of people, total change in the seasons on the outside. Uh, the mobile phone came in. All right, total change. The discovery of electricity, total change. And God has things that no man's eye, that is the visitation. It's not just hocus pocus here, it's a visitation inside our heart where we are taught by the Spirit of God, where we are working miracles. That I said about Jesus, look at the mighty works that are being done because of the wisdom that Jesus has. So this visitation, first and foremost, is an outpouring of wisdom into the hearts of people in this church that no man's eye has ever seen. And we have to preach this because if we don't preach it, people won't hear it. And if they don't hear it, it will be impossible to believe for it. So God wants to do unusual things corporately in us as a church. 
and individually within your space. In other words, he wants the congregations as a whole through the application of this cup wisdom at, at corporate levels to produce things as a congregation, uh, to work things on this earth that people will marvel, to introduce things that have never been introduced before. In other words, the frustrations people are having in their Christian work, the failures that they're having because of these new discoveries, you erase all those things away and new life now begins to emerge based on this particular thing. And in Isaiah 64 there it says, God has prepared for them that wait on him. All right? And those that wait for him, there are two things they do. This is not a message today. Next verse. It says they rejoice. Next verse. Thou meetest him that rejoiceth and worketh righteousness. So there are two things they are doing. They are rejoicing. Uh, they are ministering to God. And then they are ministering also to people and working righteousness there. They will not, all right, uh, quench uh, a smoking flax. They will not break or, or, or put out and injure any person. No injustice in their operations there. They work righteousness there, all right, with people. And at the same time, they are ministering on to the Lord. Just they are ministering unto him. And as they do that, God now begins to pour forth his wisdom. So when he tells us in 2 Samuel 22 and verse 35, when he says, God teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken. If we look at verse 34 before that, it says, he maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. And then he teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken with my hands. Now, there are only two other places in scripture that the Bible says he maketh my feet like the hinds feet in the entire Bible and causes me to ride upon high places. We find it in Psalm 18 and verse 33. But I want us to look at Habakkuk, all right, chapter 3 and verse 19. So we see, because it says, He meted them that rejoiceth, people that wait on him, that are ministering to him, all right, and walketh righteousness. And, and that's when that wisdom comes in them, that mighty works begin to happen. So if we look at Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19, it says, The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like the hinds feet and will make me to walk upon my high places. Now, before Habakkuk said this, see what came before from verse 17. He says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vines, or the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat, and the flocks be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice. Now, a person who has God's wisdom doesn't murmur when there is a deterioration of things, all right, on the outside. Because they understand that the reason why all this is happening is because rain has stopped falling. And the reason why rain has stopped falling in my own space is that I have stopped worshipping. In other words, what gathers as clouds over the lives of a person in natural things is evaporation that causes, all right, the water to go up and then it gathers and comes as rain. 
if there is no gathering of clouds and rain is falling, it means nothing has gone up. So in the wisdom of God, you must understand this. If nothing is happening new on the outside now, what you should do is to pull back and begin to wait upon the Lord and start ministering unto him and rejoicing, knowing that, listen, once I start rejoicing and ministering to the Lord, what he has prepared, which is his wisdom, will start coming as rain from heaven into my soul. And by that, through the work of my hands, mighty things will be wrought. Why did he say, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. Look at it. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. In other words, when things were not working, they fainted and all of that, they pulled back and began. This 40-day fast, this is one of the things you should be doing. It's a time to minister. The Bible says, as they, as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, which means you are offering spiritual sacrifices to heaven. Uh, you will see this, you are putting things there. And the people know when there's pressure, they are putting it up because they know it's what they put up there that is going to gather and rain is going to begin to fall. Their strength is going to be renewed. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They understand that. And that's a major strategy there in producing. While others are murmuring and complaining, where there's an economic crunch, you know that therefore it is time if there's going to be rain in my own house. That's why the Bible says they that did not come to worship God. Any family that didn't come to worship God, I think it's in Zechariah, in the Feast of Tabernacles, in that family and on that house, there shall be no rain. You want rain to begin to fall in your own house. What's the rain? The thoughts and the ways of God to start falling in your own house, which means into your own soul, you give yourself over to ministering to the Lord there, even though the vine fails, even though the heads have failed, even though you are ministering because you no, know, after some time, this season is going to change. Rain is going to start falling. Wisdom is going to come into me and mighty works are going to be wrought, all right, through my own hands. All right, now the starting point, and here's where I'm going to close today. The starting point here for working the supernatural in your life. I'll still come back to this ministry into the Lord. Please let me put, pull up the scripture of the Feast of Tabernacles. All right, it's in Zechariah, I believe. And it says, if you don't come up to worship God, any family. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, even upon them there shall be no rain. Can you imagine that? So the rain will fall only on the worshippers. The wisdom only comes to those who wait upon the Lord. And many people are waiting there while others are mumbling. Blah, 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 blah. They say, well, it's time to wait after some time and sow into God. Didn't you hear what God did when wisdom came to Cornelius? None of the apostles even had that. Who was the first person to get the inclination that God went to reach the Gentiles? Who was the first person that he entered into his heart? It entered into his heart before he even entered into Peter's heart. Before it entered into James, it was convenient. He said, thy prayers and thy arms have come up as a memorial unto the Lord. Rain fell. Angels began to come. All right? So if you're stuck, you're stagnant in any situation, listen, during this fast, give yourself over to worship. Begin, he will meet those that are rejoicing. 
and offering the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of their lips giving thanks unto his name. So now the starting point is bold declarations about your future. Bold declarations. You want to walk the supernatural, it starts with bold declarations. You want to walk the supernatural in 2024, you must have bold declarations that extend your territory. These are declarations that are coming from the deepest parts of your heart. Things that you know are dreams that are embedded into the deepest parts of your heart. But you have dared not to say these things because you don't have the resources on the outside, the network or anything to make it happen. So you start making these bold declarations. Even though you don't completely believe it, and I'll get to that, but you have to start declaring it. Even though there is, you, there is a conviction within you, but there is so much unbelief around. There's nothing wrong with this. Mark chapter 2, 9 and verse 23 and 24. All right, Jesus told, Mark 9, 23, he told the man, if thou can believe all things are possible unto him that believeth. This man with the son who had epilepsy said, straight away the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, I believe, that's why I'm coming to you. But there's still so much unbelief contaminating it. So it starts out, those things that are the conviction on the inside. You start declaring these things. You have to start declaring your hope. You have to go back and start declaring your vision. You can't wait for opportunities or for it to look like it can happen before. You start declaring to your own self. Now, if it involves an entire congregation or group of people in family, then it has to be said over the people, or the people to them themselves must start declaring it. But if it's you as an individual, you keep it to yourself and speak it forth. All right? A sound must go out of you concerning that thing, or nothing is going to happen. Because you can only have in this life those things that you see. So you start out, all right, by giving expression through a sound to those things and desires that are within you. Now, the reason why people don't walk the supernatural is that they don't speak until the probabilities of that thing happening are in their favor. Those that operate in the supernatural Find whether there is that deep desire on the inside, that conviction that is an anchor to their soul, and they verbalize it. They announce it and speak it forth into the earth. So to work miracles and get supernatural things done in 2024, speak into your, the air, speak into your heart. Those deep-seated desires that you have. Don't dream. Don't dream your words there to feed the environment or that you presently are living in. Don't say, I will only say what, you know, my network, my salary, all right, appears, it looks like it's possible. No, you start declaring it. Don't cut your coat according to, so the amount of material that you have, called according to the resources of God. All things are possible to him that believes. 
Listen, don't talk about things, material things, which means I want a car. No, talk about, declare the productivity of the work of your hands that puts you in a place where there's so much value that comes out of what you are doing. You have access to any material thing on this earth. By reason, that's the confession that should be made. That's the confession that you made. Study the word of God. That's the confession that should be made. Declare over your health, about your health. Declare, all right, these things. And it's very strategic during this fast, particularly a 40-day fast. So don't cut your coat according to the material you have available. Cut it according to the resources God has made available. Nothing is impossible. You say, well, I don't completely believe all that I'm saying. That doesn't matter. You don't have to completely believe it, but you have to start saying it. You have to start giving voice, all right, to it. God says, open your mouth wide and I will feel it. You have to start voicing it out. Psalm 141 and verse 3, there's no chance of it happening if you don't start giving voice to it. He says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. So the door, you have to open up your lips there. Open it up to God. Start declaring those things out. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Speak it forth consistently. Write those things down and begin to declare it here. And, uh, all right, I start declaring it. Yes, yeah, say, well, I'm hearing all these sounds come out, powerful things. Just make sure they are coming from within. Make sure these are anchors within your heart. These are the things that you really dream about. But you dare not even give voice in the past. Because what's the possibility of these things happening? Give voice to it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12. It tells us, seeing that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Uh, the word plainness means boldness of speech, courageous speech. That we have these dreams on the inside, we use great plainness. We are bold about what we say. You say, well, I don't believe. Wait, you, you get to the part of faith. But you have to voice out your hope. You have to start speaking these things forth. This is how people that work the supernatural do it. All right? Once we move on in 2 Corinthians 3 there, verse 12, all right, it says we use great plainness of speech, not as Moses who put a veil over his face. If you don't use great boldness of speech, the veil will remain over your face. Now, let's go on with the scripture. That the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. It says, but their minds were blinded, for until this they remained at the same veil and taken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away with in Christ. Then it says, next verse, it says, but even to this day when Moses read, the veil is upon their heart. Then it says, nevertheless, it shall, it shall turn to the Lord. When it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. So start making powerful declarations. When you now turn to the Lord, don't worry, in prayer, that veil is going to be removed. But you have to start with those, making those words, speaking those words. So that when you turn to God in prayer, the veil now is taken off. That's what happens in prayer. And then a light enters in. And when a light gets in there, then faith now begins. 
But at this particular point, there's still no faith. But these are desires here. That, that's why the Bible says, what sort of things you desire when you pray? That through prayer, you come to believe that you have received it. And that's the transaction that actually happens in prayer. And what happens, there's a deposit on the inside of you. A peace that passeth all understanding. And you know on the inside of yourself. They got it. But you turn to the Lord. Hosea chapter 14 and verse 2 tells us, take your words and turn to the Lord. All right? Turn to the Lord. So you must have these words you are speaking forth out of your lips there. Because when you turn to the Lord in prayer, it is the words that you speak that are going to register in heaven. Look, Jesus is called the high priest of your confession. Homologio, saying the same thing as God. In other words, when you go to pray, your high priest presents things as you offer prayers. Now, if you have been contradicting stuff, speaking words of failure, speaking words of defeat, your high priest has nothing. You see, we all can pray, but it's the words that we have spoken prior to the time of prayer that will, de that will determine the effectiveness of our prayer. Folks, I want to show you, your words will override God's will for your life. Let me repeat, your words will override in your own life what God intends to do. Your own words that you speak determines how far God can go in your life. You can imprison God in your own space. That's limit how much. Why do you think Jesus, the Bible says he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. You can set a limit. That's why it says by your words you'll be ensnared. By your words you'll be justified. In the day of judgment, the day of judgment is the day of prayer. When people go up to pray, to receive judgment from God. He says every idle word you have spoken will be used count against you. So Satan is there saying that words have been spoken by this person that negates this person from getting this. And Jesus needs your own bold declarations to use. That's why we see in Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. Let me show this here, how your words can override God's, God's will for your life. Say unto them, as truly as I live, say the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. He didn't say, I will do what I want to do. He said, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. Look at the next verse. He said, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, because that's what he said, and all that were numbered with you according to your own number from 20 years upwards, which you have murmured against me. Now look at what he says here. Doubtless, doubtless, without a shadow of doubt, you shall not come into the land concerning which I swore to make you dwell there. God swore, took an oath. He will make them dwell there. But their words overrode the oath that God took over their life. So your words will do that. That's why you see people talking, oh, the environment, everything is difficult. My friend, don't say it. Because the day you need stuff and you go to God in prayer is what you have been saying. Is what you have been saying. And that's why we started preaching these messages to get the church back. This is the solid foundation upon which everything was built. You have to get your confessions right. You have to speak right words. You have to speak according to those things that are inside your heart. 
You have to start giving. All right, God breathed into man and man became another speaking spirit like God. You have to start speaking forth those things that are on the inside of yourself. Now you say, well, I'm not sure whether, you know, uh, these things I'm saying, the motive will be right. Now I want to show this here. When you go to God in prayer, he will remove the veil. And then he will reveal his will to you in the midst of that stuff. So they toiled all night and caught nothing. All right, start speaking. My business is going to be this. I'm going, and you say it. And then the next five years, I'll be in the top 1% globally in this particular field. Say it. And then when you go to God in prayer, he says, I like what this person is saying. He removes the veil and says, look, I have my projects I want to do on this earth. There are places where I need um, investments of $10 million every year to transform these lives. Now come into a covenant with me and I will bless this business. And you will, now, and because it's consistent, so he brings and reveals his own will. That's how it happens. So your intent for that business now is the program, the purpose that God has shown you. That's what, and that's the covenant you enter into. When the veil is removed, he will begin to show you things. So Moses had a desire on the inside. He saw his people suffering. It was a natural desire that he had. But when God removed the veil, he understood that this thing is not just my desire. He says this thing dates back to 430 years ago when God entered into a covenant and, and he now entered into that. And when the veil is removed, I'm telling you this, God will reveal things. The veil was removed over the mind of Abraham. God said, for your children, he's begun to see things. The Holy Spirit will show you things to come. But words have got to go first. All right? And so they wandered in the wilderness. Look at uh, from verse 33 to verse 34. Now here's why this fast is so important. Verse 33 to verse 34. All right, the prophetic nature. And your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear your hordoms there until your carcasses shall be wasted in the wilderness. After, listen to this, the number of days in which you search the land, 40 days, each day for a year shall ye bear your iniquities 40 years and you shall know my breach of promise. Now, what did he say? They will wander in the wilderness for 40 years. What they should have spent 40 days with all this fasting. They now started wandering. Now, so during this 40-day fast, I'm telling you, from this scripture, you can secure, if Jesus tarries, the next 40 years of your life. But you have got to be like John the Baptist that we see in the book of Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. He says, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So a voice must come out in these 40 days out of you. Don't miss it. Don't just go on without food there. All right. For, all right, 40 days there without food for 40 days. And what happens is 40 days you are there without food and there's really no spiritual transaction that occurs. So you are declaring these things that for these 40 days, a voice of one crying in the wilderness there, speaking forth, preparing the way of the Lord for what is coming next. And what happens is when you go into the place of prayer, Right? 
then God removes the veil. And when the veil is removed, light comes in. And, all right, that light there imparts into your faith. Light comes on the inside of you and faith is now imparted. Faith is the substance of the things that you're hoping for. It is the title deed, and I'll close here, continue next week, that the things that you once just hoped for, now is finally yours. In other words, when that revelation comes into your heart, then you say, I got it now. Now I have these things I've been saying. But with it, there is a deep sense of purpose. In it, there is a deep covenant that you are in with God. You are not wondering about it. There's clarity. And there's 40 days of fasting. All right, these are the transactions that must go on in your heart. That's why when they said, I believe, help thou my own belief. What did Jesus say? He said, this kind goeth not except by praying and fasting. In other words, you go from that place there of you just hoping to a place where the substance comes on the inside of you. That's why Jesus was filled with the Spirit, went into the wilderness, and that's where the voice, that's where he prepared his entire ministry. Things he said during that 40 days fast, and he was receiving revelation there for the entire ministry. And the substance of that ministry entered into him and came out and said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. You have to come out of this 40-day fast saying this day are these scriptures fulfilled in your ears. In this business, this stuff is fulfilled, all right, in your ears. This is what this fast is all about. Minister to the Lord. That's what, I, all right, work righteousness with others. Treat people right. And the rain begins to fall on the inside. That's what brings that wisdom. And you begin to function right in the wisdom of God. All right, so this week on Wednesday, we'll start our declarations. I'm writing, I want to make sure the confessions are properly framed. All right, you say, well, but I don't, I don't believe all these things I'm saying. I don't believe all these things. You know, my friend, listen, just start saying it. When the veil is taken off, when the veil is taken off, you will begin to see what God really wants to do with you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, as we go on in this fast, Lord, we see from your prophetic word, if Jesus tarries, we will establish the next 40 years of our lives prophetically by the things that we'll say in these days. I therefore ask for your mercy. Grant grace unto every single member of the covenant nation to be strengthened with might in their inner man, that they don't miss out on this prophetic season for their lives that you strengthen them by your spirit supernaturally to go into this thing that as they're there this transaction begins to occur in the place of prayer where the veil is taken off and the substance gets on the inside and we emerge after this 40 days of fasting as a mighty army with a deep sense of prophetic purpose to establish your kingdom in every single area of our lives and I declare over every single person. The work of your hands where you are laboring, 
you will receive that rain, the wisdom of God on the inside, and emerge this year as an institution in that field in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.